<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. Truth, justice, the American way. Three pillars of this broadcast, three essentials of our lives in this great country, and all three under attack as never before in the history of the United States. We Americans had better come to terms quickly with a new reality that has grown up around us. You and I find ourselves surrounded, my fellow Americans, and I don't mean by foreign powers, although there are a few of those as well. We're surrounded in our own country by internal forces that mean us not only great harm, those forces are intent on lessening us as a people, intent on the dissolution of our great constitutional republic. Those forces I'm talking about aren't fifth columns that work with foreign enemies, though they also exist. Turn and look to our southern border, a border in name only, it's no longer even a line drawn in the Sonora sand. The border has been erased by President Biden and the Marxists of his administration, the Marxists who now inhabit the White House. In President Biden's first year, more than 2 million illegal immigrants crossed right over what was once a border, and hundreds of thousands more are planning to head north as we speak. Who would dare erase a border? Who would invite and support illegal immigrants who defy our laws? Who would assure the entry into this country of fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, and certain death? Who would ignore sex trafficking over what was once a border? Who would pervert law and conspire to support the Mexican cartels that now own what was once that border and that now reach into almost every community in America? Those enemies mean to alter our lives, to subvert our government. They're the leftists, the Marxists, who are leaders of the Democratic Party in Congress and Senate, those who populate our federal government, from the White House to the Department of Homeland Security, led by those whose purpose it is to rid America of borders and facilitate the evil commerce of sex trafficking, smuggling of drugs and illegals, and further diminish our country. The Defense Department that insists on building bases and shipping off more of our troops to Europe, who seek war abroad while our enemies were on America from within, in our government, in our Justice Department, a Justice Department that is now nothing more than the enforcement arm of the left, the Marxists who've been insinuated throughout our government. Justice means now injustice, and it's where truth goes to die where an attorney general knew Joe Biden was lying about his son's laptop and contents in a presidential debate, and who did nothing. Nothing. A Justice Department that is carrying out, as we speak, an assault on the Constitution and the rights of hundreds of American citizens, many of whom are now political prisoners of the left, ensnared in the January 6th partisan persecution by the left 
with the complicity of federal judges urged on by President Biden, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi. Our guest tonight has reported on these political prisoners who made mistakes on January 6th, certainly, and whose plight is not of their making. The abuse they've been subjected to for 15 months at the hands of their own government, or more accurately, what was once their own government, but is now in the full control of the Democratic Party, the presidency, the House, Senate, every executive department, including our military and our court system. The left owns the federal government and is persecuting those who dared to support President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. The show trials are now underway, and a man who never should have been charged has won the first acquittal, and to this point, the only acquittal. Our guest today is the outstanding journalist Julie Kelly. She has faithfully and energetically reported on the January 6 political prisoners from the inception, and her reporting throughout has set the standard for journalists covering what has been a historic and sickening partisan abuse of government power. Julie is senior writer at the American Greatness and the author of the important book, January 6, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. And Julie Kelly, welcome back to the Great America Show. Quite a development, the first acquittal uh, in the January 6 uh, cases. Uh, your reaction to just how important this development is? Well, Lou, thanks so much for having me on and helping to cover this issue and cover my work. I really appreciate it. Um, Lou, I think what's more important than just the acquittal of Matthew Martin, who is found not guilty on four low-level misdemeanor charges, but these are the most frequently used charges against really the overwhelming majority of January 6th defendants have these charges. So it's not just the Judge McFadden found him not guilty. It is that an official with the U.S. Capitol Police Department testified under oath for the first time that they indeed allowed people into the building as police were standing by. They claimed that it was because they were overwhelmed, but regardless of the reason, this is still the first time that a Capitol Police official has said, yes, we stood by, we let people into the building we did not notify them that they were breaking the law, and we were just basically standing there to make sure no one got hurt. And in and of itself, that's a noble motivation for uh, police officers to make certain no one gets hurt. But at the same time, when prosecutors are bringing uh, zealously and eagerly heavy charges and seeking heavy sentences, uh, it is it becomes very important to everyone uh, whether or not a, a person could reasonably infer from the behavior of that police officer that they were welcome, in fact, uh, to walk through the hallways of the of the Capitol. Uh, I, I don't know if it rises to that level, but I know Judge McFadden made it very clear uh, that he believed Matt Martin's uh, view uh, that he was welcome to walk through. Uh, he spent, what, 10 minutes in the Capitol. Uh, right. It's remarkable. Well, it is, Lou. And, you know, there's plenty of video 
that shows police officers on both sides of the building. Uh, Matt Martin entered on the east side of the Capitol. Uh, But there's also surveillance video that shows hundreds of people entering the building around 2.30 that day on the west side near the Senate. And you had five or six U.S. Capitol police officers standing right there at the double doors never telling people they couldn't enter. People are thanking them for their service, saying, hey, what's up? Um, Police never said the building is closed. It's off limits. No one is allowed. Because, Lou, as you know, if they would have told these people, Trump supporters, you know, the overwhelming majority who support police, some of whom are police officers themselves who were there that day, they never would have gone inside. So you hear these people say, you know, we were let into the building. And this is, you know, mocked by the media. They insist that this unruly, unlawful mob stormed the Capitol. Uh, But, you know, this is just one more piece of the January 6th narrative that is crumbling under the light of evidence and truth. And all those thousands, tens of thousands of hours of video, it's also clear uh, talking here uh, with Dan Cron, uh, Matt Martin's uh, attorney, a- after the acquittal. Uh, it's also very clear that the, the, the Justice Department wasn't doing a thing to make it easier for those defendants and their representatives, their attorneys, to go through that video. And in some cases, doing it seemed everything they could to keep that video away from lots of other defendants. That is exactly right. So there are 14,000 hours of surveillance video, as I'm sure uh, Mr. Kron confirmed, but that I've reported on and I discuss in my book on January 6th, 14,000 hours of surveillance video that the government has classified as highly sensitive government material. Every single clip that is used in a specific case is under strict is under protective order. The defendants themselves are under very strict rules as to how they can view any surveillance video clip used against them as evidence. Now, Lou, I say over and over, this was comparable to 9-11, Pearl Harbor, the worst attack on our democracy since Mm -hmm. the Civil War, this act of domestic terrorism. Why can't we see the video? Why won't they show the American people all of this video from inside and outside the building to show what these domestic terrorists did? So it's just another cover up. And the reason why is because when these clips are released, like they were in Mr. Martin's case, they completely undermine the narrative. And this is only the tip of the iceberg as to what we are going to learn, what this surveillance video and other evidence will show exactly what happened that day. It appears, as we have seen throughout, from the very beginning of the FBI investigations of President Trump as a candidate, the efforts to stop his candidacy, then he is elected. It's just just stunning to think that all of this started years ago, and they're still using the same device uh, with now private citizens. Uh, it, at, at what point do the American people say, you know, this is not an accident. This is the Democratic Party. We are watching the Democratic Party and the deep state operate. And we've got to come to terms that that is the new reality. Well, I say it only took four years, Lou, between the FBI ambushing General Michael Flynn in the White House 
four years later to the FBI conducting pre-dawn raids across the country and ambushing regular Americans, including veterans, police officers, small business owners, ambushing them in their homes with dozens of armed agents, SWAT vehicles, battering rams, pointing rifles at children, um, pointing rifles at elderly spouses, handcuffing American citizens, dragging them out of their homes, charging them with trumped up ridiculous offenses like we saw with Matthew Martin, just one example, and in many cases, hauling them off to a political prison in the nation's capital. This is not an exaggeration, as you know, Lou, and as following my reporting for the last over the last 14, 15 months, this is precisely what's happening. And it's not just Democrats to blame. The silence of the Republican Party and Republican leaders is deafening, and they are as much to blame for what's happening as the Biden regime or the Democratic Party. You know, I'm listening to Ronna McDaniel's Republican National Committee whining about the money that President Donald Trump has raised, and the uh, RNC wants some of that money for their uh, purposes. And I'm thinking, are, are, are you kidding me? This is the RNC that did nothing to support President Trump when he said the the election's mm-hmm. rigged. He was saying mm-hmm. that in May of 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. This and and now we're sitting here watching the Republican Party, whether it's Mitch McConnell, whether it's Kevin McCarthy. They haven't said a damn word. They haven't said anything about raising money for the legal expenses of uh, these Trump supporters. Not a damn word, Julie. It just burns me. Uh, that this has been the reaction of the establishment party. Well, it burns me too. And more importantly, it's very demoralizing and damaging to these defendants and their families. You know, they showed up that day and, you know, President Trump, I have to say, he hasn't really done much either. He will talk about the political prisoners occasionally in a speech. Um, But as far as any moneyed interest in the Republican Party, whether it's a PAC, uh, or any you know businessman, et cetera, to, who has stepped up to help these defendants find good, decent criminal defense attorneys, help their families struggling because their breadwinner has been in some political prison in DC gulag for 14 or 15 months with their trial being pushed off another five or six months. Um, you know, this is a this would never happen in the Democratic Party. Furthermore, Lou, if this was happening to Democrat Democrat Americans under a Republican president, right. a Republican Justice Department, you would have Republicans screaming, "Holy hell!" about this, right? They would yep. be the first ones standing outside of this political prison. This is not who we are. We demand that our president and our attorney general put a stop to this. This is political persecution, but they can't even step up and defend their own voters. It is an outrage and really a travesty for these families. Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney uh, and Lindsey Graham would be there in a in a New York second uh, to do just exactly that. And Mm -hmm. where have they been? Uh, it's uh, you've talked to a lot of uh, these folks uh, in every aspect uh, from every perspective uh, on January 6th. I can't quite uh, understand why there isn't more knowledge, more more facts, more uh, objective evidence in the public arena right now. The right to know is always a present right for American citizens. 
I, you know, I, as experiments, uh, actually more than experiments, I, Googling how many, how many people remain in jail uh, as a result of January 6 charges. It's really an interesting exercise because you get information that's uh, a year old. You get uh, you know, the best you can do just about is uh, probably two to three months old. Where there's there's no uh, contemporaneous uh, knowledge available as a matter of course on just a simple Google. Uh, are you surprised by that? Not really, um, because this is so anathema to. Um, you know, people in politics or reporters, they, they don't want to do anything that would distract from the insurrection narrative. So, and in fact, some of my reporting gets mocked in the corporate media for my referring to these people as political prisoners. Mm -hmm. Well, they can't really detract. They really, they really can't counter how I describe it. And they will say, well, some of these men are charged with assaulting police officers. Okay, well, please show me an example from 2020 of a man with no criminal record who allegedly assaulted or attacked a police officer who was denied bail because of his association with Black Lives Matter, et cetera, which are some of the um, reasons that these judges are justifying pretrial detention. Someone is associated with the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. That in and of itself is reason to deny them bond. We, there's nothing comparable to what's happening to these men. Furthermore, aside from the ones who are being detained under pretrial detention, you have people pleading guilty to a class B misdemeanor parading in the Capitol. And this Justice Department is demanding prison time for that. Yeah. I mean, this has never happened either. Um, so it's breaking all sorts of norms. You know, as we're told, we're not supposed to break norms. You know, Donald Trump is a big norm breaker, but this is what's happening under the Biden regime. And uh, more importantly, this abusive uh, Justice Department. Uh, abusive, arrogant and leftist Marxist. If there yes. is anyone in this country who doubts that right now the permanent bureaucracy is simply the tool of the DNC, the Marxist left in this country, uh, please just listen to this broadcast and, and, and read Julie Kelly, because I guarantee you after a week, you will understand what reality is. And the reality is that the Democratic Party is an assault on the United States of America. And it's pervasive at the local level to to uh, the Obama. Uh, we'll call it the Obama Biden Harris uh, White House, at least mm -hmm. yesterday. I. Julie, the, the Justice Department wanting all of this, uh, this penalty and punishment, I have to credit Judge, you and I have talked about Judge McFadden before, uh, and, and you, were, you were more skeptical of him uh, than I am, I, but I did find one, one thing in his favor, and I was, and I don't know who to credit, but I'm crediting right now McFadden. He apparently took the trouble to compare the sentence recommendations of the Justice Department uh, for these January, for particularly, we're talking about Matt uh, Martin, uh, and compare it to uh, Code Pink, uh, left-wing activists, and they wanted 10 times uh, as much uh, jail time for, in this case, a misdemeanor, uh, as they were seeking for what was obviously, it could have been a felony charge in the case of the Code Pink activists. Uh, and he decided we're not going to play the game. 
mm-hmm. and reduce their the sentence recommendation and to, to a to to well in his case Matt Martin outright acquittal. I mean, I think it's a little glimmer of hope from Judge McFadden. My biggest issue with Judge McFadden is that he has signed off on pretrial detention orders, including for one nonviolent offender, Tim Hale, who has been incarcerated now since January of 2021. McFadden has signed off on that detention order and also allowed the Justice Department at the same time to delay his trial. It was originally scheduled for last November. McFadden approved moving it to May, the same time allowing repeatedly in numerous cases DOJ to delay their discovery deadlines. He scolded DOJ last summer for blowing past a promised discovery deadline, and they still don't have all their discovery made available, including, more importantly, Lou, hundreds of thousands of FBI records that they have not uploaded to the shareable platform for defense attorneys to look at. So that's sort of telling in itself. Um, for McFadden, fine. little, Too little, too late-ish. Um, but this, is, uh, this, this testimony will be impactful in other cases. The, case, the testimony of the U.S. Capitol Police official who right. confirmed that they were allowing people in. That will have repercussions in other cases as well. Well, I, I take your point on McFadden and that being the case, I want to, uh, you know, I think I will go to glimmer of hope. Is there some, uh, is there some uh, explan- uh, explanatory uh, fact in, in all of this that would account for his uh, really egregious abuse of that, that defendant's rights? Here's what one defense attorney told me, that early on, these judges felt under pressure, and were, they've all gone along with the insurrection narrative and the riot narrative, including Judge McFadden, who is, is a Trump appointee. Um, so early on, they supported pretrial detention to sort of, I think, help DOJ go along with the narrative or really believing these people were dangerous. Never probably, if you ask Judge McFadden, to be honest, did he ever think that this would go on as long as it has? And in other cases, other Trump judges, for example, Judge Tim Kelly, who this week, he is incarcerated under pretrial detention, six men, including five accused of no violent crime. They have been in prison for over a year. He vacated their May May trial date because DOJ came back, added defendants, threatened to add more charges, and said that they don't have all their discovery evidence ready. So instead of Judge Kelly throwing these prosecutors out of his courtroom, instantly authorizing the release of the men that he has held for over a year, he vacated the trial, did not set a new trial date, did not admonish DOJ for, uh, once again, delaying discovery, including Brady material. And seemed okay with the threat that they were going to add more charges and more um, more defendants to prolong the case even longer. This is the sort of thing. These people are trapped in a rigged system that has contempt for them, and they have no source of relief. And so that's why I will give Judge McFadden a little, uh, what did Irving Crystal say? Two cheers. I'll give him two cheers instead of three. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not so sure that other judges will follow his lead on this. Yeah, they they haven't followed his lead uh, to this point, even in terms of his uh, lighter sentencing. That they and we should say, uh, McFadden has been, uh, I guess, more humane uh, and just 
in in his penalties than others who are over the top. We we've got judges that are 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 doing crazy things in their sentencing to these to these people. Uh, to that end, how many people remain in prison? Do we know right now? Right now, there are about 80 men who are incarcerated under pretrial detention orders. Numerous have been incarcerated for over a year. Um, They are arresting new people, new defendants every single week. They arrested a man just this week. I think they're trying to get up to a thousand defendants before election day. I guess they think this is some big winning uh, campaign slogan. Um, Scurrilous SOBs. I mean, it's just this Justice Department, this FBI, uh, every one of the agents of this Biden administration. I I mean, they're going to rotten hell. I mean, they really are. Uh, I hope so. It's appalling. You know, the word I use when I hear these prosecutors and these judges and even the journalists is sadistic. I am routinely sickened at how I hear these judges and these prosecutors describe their fellow Americans and the glee that they take in meeting out overly harsh prison sentences, separating these people from their families. I just talked to a man last night, uh, Boyd Camper. He spent 60 days in jail after pleading guilty to parading in the Capitol. He begged the judge. He is has sole custody of his 14-year-old son. He had to move from his home state of Montana to, ten, to another state, to Tennessee, because these people are pariahs in their community. His own bank, Lou, closed his accounts after he was charged for misdemeanors. I mean, this is the same sort of thing, I'm sure, that um, Matthew Martin's attorney explained to you. So on top of his life being destroyed, they sentenced him to 60 days in prison. He asked to be by a prison first, if he could do his prison sentence over the weekends, they said no. Asked to be in a prison near his home so he could see his son occasionally, could come visit. They said no. They shipped him to a prison several hundred miles away. And he was just released and he called me, you know, a lot of these people, unfortunately, call me because they've been abandoned by everyone else. And he's just trying to get his life back together and protect his son. And these people don't care, Lou. They have no empathy. They are gratified by the suffering of people like Boyd Camper. Yeah, I'm not mincing words anymore about what we've got in front of us in this administration, this Democratic Party. Uh, They mean to destroy this country. Uh, and destroy everyone who believes in it and who would work uh, for it. Uh, it, it I, I, we have to figure out what we're doing here. Uh, and by we, I'm talking about everybody who isn't a Democrat because it's insidious, whether it's our school system, whether it's uh, universities and colleges, whether it's banking, uh, mm-hmm. corporate uh, America. Uh, they're behind every one of these woke, crazy Marxist left uh, and uh, uh, initiatives and values that are they're surfacing everywhere. I, I want to go to something you said, and that is that we are getting more cases every day. A report uh, two days ago that we are seeing so-called, and I love the the expression that was used in the report, uh, citizen sleuths, uh, <laughs> online sleuths, yeah, uh, uh, bringing forward hundreds of people that they're identifying. We know who these citizen sleuths are. They're we sure act- do. left-wing activists selling out everybody they can uh, and doing it, as you put it, I thought the word was exactly right, gleefully. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, you know, if these were Republicans, they'd be talking about uh, uh, it's vigilanteism, uh, but it's the other way around. So they're citizen sleuths. What's what's going to happen here? Um, what's going to happen is this is only going to accelerate until uh, Republicans take over the House, hopefully. Um, and that's only a little bit of hope because you and I don't have any faith in Kevin McCarthy doing what needs to be done, which right. is ordering the shutdown of the Capitol breach probe, calling in Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney, who, by the way, was approved unanimously by the U.S. Senate in October. Matthew Graves is the one who's handling all of these prosecutions. He is Naturally. married to a he is married to a radical left wing activist who heads up a women's legal group. They were um, center stage backing Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson's nomination. She has a history of saying hateful things, not just about Donald Trump, but Trump's supporters. She went after white women after the 2020 election, basically accusing us of being racist for voting for Donald Trump. This <laughs> is the wife of the man in charge of every single prosecution. So um, we just need to keep applying the pressure to Republicans in the House, the Senate is completely useless. It, they won't do anything. But we have to make sure that they hold these prosecutors accountable, that we turn the powers of the January 6th Select Committee 180 degrees and target the people who are responsible for doing this, expose and reveal the role of the FBI in January 6th, and all of these egregious raids that Chris Ray Bragg's uh, are being conducted out of all 56 field offices. I mean, there are horrific stories about what Americans have been subjected to by this FBI. There's a lot to uncover, Lou. And to your point, if we don't really start hammering down on these institutions, cutting off their funding, subpoenaing them for public sworn testimony to explain what they've done to this country and to Trump supporting Americans. We have no hope. This is really going to be the last stand in terms of holding these agencies and these prosecutors accountable for what they're doing. Well, well said and amen. Uh, God yes. bless you, Julie, for all of the work you're doing for these, these, these victims uh, of what yeah. is the leftist uh, uh, Justice Department and FBI. I, we, I, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know, Julie Kelly, and I'm following it very carefully, no one is in her class in terms of her coverage uh, and her uh, just absolute uh, terrific uh, analysis and reporting. Uh, so uh, stay with Julie Kelly. And uh, Julie, thank you for everything you're doing uh, for this country and all of us who care about uh, these people uh, who are caught in this uh, snare. Thank you so much. And we always give you the last word uh, as a guest on this show. Well, Lou, again, thank you so much for covering this and for your kind words. If people want to help, there's really only one organization out there right now that was started grassroots level last year because no one was stepping up. That is the Patriot Freedom Project, patriotfreedomproject.com. You can make a contribution. You can find addresses to write to these uh, detainees. You could support some of the families who are really desperate. And your word was perfect. They are victims of this regime and they really need support and help. So I get asked all the time how people can help. And that's where I direct them, patriotfreedomproject.com. 
we will uh, we will echo your words on this uh, on this podcast of, for well for all time uh, and uh, also on our website lodobs.com. Thank you. Julie, thanks so much. Julie Kelly. Thank you, Lou. God bless you. You too, Lou. Thank you. And everybody, we're uh, we're sitting here looking at a situation that is unprecedented in this country. It is raw. It is staring us right in the face. Every every element of this federal government is dominated by Marxist leftists called Democrats. And make no mistake about it, there is absolutely a calculated statement forward that they will control this country. And everyone who believes in a constitutional republic, who believes in capitalism, who believes in market capitalism, are going to be shoved to the side and absolutely relegated uh, to uh, the dustbin of history, uh, if you will. Uh, it's, it's that serious. And every time I hear a Republican, and usually it's a Republican rhino, saying, well, we've got to be bipartisan, we've got to be nonpartisan. When you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, you understand, please, one thing. You're listening to a person who actually wants to be a Democrat but doesn't have the guts to say it. This is not a time to be nonpartisan or bipartisan. This is a time to be American and demand that this country be respected, its founding values be respected, and let us live our lives. But the only way that happens is if we take control of our communities, our neighborhoods, we get engaged, we participate in this great democracy. Because if we don't, it will no longer be a democracy. To help out those January Sixers who could use our assistance, and there are many of them, please go to PatriotFreedomProject.com. That's PatriotFreedomProject.com. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. And here tomorrow will be one of the left's greatest fears. Our guest, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, a great American, and she has just received the endorsement of the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Congresswoman Greene, here tomorrow. Please be with us. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to LouDobbs.com, that's LouDobbs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's LouDobbs.com. Thanks. God bless you. And God bless America.